Hello and welcome to Humans of the Trail. I'm your host Matthew and it is always a pleasure to have you on the show with me. Humans of the Trail is a podcast that's all about inspiring you with fascinating, thoughtful stories and interviews from our trailed community. I sincerely hope that by listening to the show, you get ideas, tips and inspiration from our guests and stories that you can apply to your life and hopefully the show inspires you to get outdoors and immersed in nature if you love the outdoors and spending time on the trails then hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the episodes as they land fortnightly now remember if you also enjoy the show one of the best ways to support us is often to leave a review or a rating but another way you can support us is to purchase some of our trail-inspired hiking artwork, which is delivered to your front door. For every sale we make through the store, 5% is donated back to trail organisations, ensuring that the work we do through the show benefits the individuals and those organisations who work so hard to maintain, develop and promote the trails. You can visit the store and learn more about Humans of the Trail by visiting humansofthetrail.com. Today, I'm speaking with Ariana Vajocic, and I really hope I pronounced your name correctly. Ariana, apologies if I have not. Ariana is the head of global communications at a hiking event business called Highlander, which you may or may not have heard of. Now, I had a real genuine interest in Highlander after discovering their website some time back and seeing the multi-day experiences that they arranged. They're almost like hiking festivals centered around joint love of trails and long distance hiking. And this particular episode is driven by my interest and wanting to learn more about Highlander. So after contacting Highlander on their website, I promptly got a message back from Ariana offering herself up as a willing subject for the podcast. Now, this episode is perhaps a bit different to what you're used to. It's less of a interview with Ariana about herself, but we do go into her background and history and interests towards the end, of course. Um, but I want to know about Highlander and who they are, what they're about and what their events are and who they're suitable for and all those good things. So I think you'll enjoy this episode. I think you'll be interested to learn about a possible way to kind of get away for a weekend and do something totally different to challenge yourself a little bit. I really hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, I introduce you to Ariana from Highlander Adventures. Hope you enjoy the show goodbye and all of that um happy to just talk for five ten minutes afterwards if you want to so don't leave at that no. point okay. um uh, that's just when the recording's finished okay <laughs> oh, so good. we we are now recording uh, a real life podcast um so yeah it's really good to have you on the show though today how are you doing i'm doing well you know all yeah. day been working and this is kind of like a treat at the end of my day so you know. um I'm, I'm psyched that the podcast is a treat at the end of your day that's really cool <laughs> Um, so whereabouts in the world are you based? Well, originally I'm from Osik, which is in Croatia, but right now our headquarters is in Zagreb, which is still in Croatia. It's just a uh, three hours difference between the Amazing. And right, let's go straight into Croatia as a country. What's it like for the outdoors there? You know what? Got an audience who listens to the show who's very UK focused very uk based um and i think it's nice to look outside of that and kind of see other destinations uh we are very proud of our nature and i think 
nature is what we're so, so famous for in the world because uh, a lot of people don't know where Croatia is and a lot of people still, you know, associate it with Yugoslavia, which we were a part of, but, you know, not anymore for a long period of time. Uh, but yeah, nature is so versatile here. We have everything from, you know, the seacoast, to mountains, to part where I come from, which is all flat. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's it's a very versatile place, but very, very rich in natural beauty. Yeah. Amazing. And from uh, Croatia, this is this is the, the home of Highlander, is that right? Yeah. Which is very much the theme of today's podcast. So a bit of context from my point of view. I must have come across Highlander uh some years ago and i think i saw i must have seen it through an article somewhere um online um where i can't remember where the article was but it was talking about this really cool event called islander and i looked at it and i looked at the site and i thought this looks good and then it came up again not too long ago which is when i thought you know what i need to talk to you guys on the podcast and learn more about this because it's kind of long distance ip related so um you've been involved in highlander for ages so you seem like the best person to kind of tell us about it um so first of all like explain like what highlander is and then want to go into kind of your involvement of it so what highlander is what we like to say that it is is a way of all nature lovers hikers and you know outdoor enthusiasts to come together and hike and spend you know a few days in nature but not only hiking, we also do a festival activity part, which it happens on all the checkpoints. And we have like live music and we look at the stars. And, you know, we gather on the campfire, share stories. It's a really, really a hub where all of those people come together. And it's really amazing to see people from all walks of life, you know, sharing the trails for a couple of days and then at the end of the day you know they come to the finish and then you know they become highlanders but uh, the emotion that we see at the the finish line is unbelievable i mean i've cried i think every single year whether it was at the beginning of the event or at the end but it just overcomes you know in your entire body and your mind it's really amazing, yeah. So Highlander, obviously, it, it, it sounds really amazing, especially from the photos I can see on your Instagram page and on the website. How long are the, how long do the events actually run for then? So we offer three formats, usually. It, it depends from country to country whether they offer all three formats, just one or two. Uh, we have routes that are, called Highland Hercules. It's the longest yeah. one, 100 kilometers, five days. Uh, we have Highlander Pegasus format, which is kind of like the middle one. Uh, you hike for around 50 kilometers, three days. And then uh, we figured out that a lot of people just, especially when they're starting to hike, they are really scared to go for a mountain and sleep in the mountains huh. where a longer puking time. So we introduced Highlander Orion, which is our, you know, newest format only for two years. Uh, and then it's, it goes for a weekend. So two days and around 25 kilometers. 
Okay. So it sounds like you've then got you've got events or um kind of uh, not events. You've got uh, yeah events, I guess, of Highlander that can be done by any type of hiker, whether you're kind of super experienced and happy to do big miles, or whether you just want to start out and get a taste for whether they're for you. So, are they really um, in terms of the terrain things that you walk on in Highlander? Does it vary quite a lot between events to event? Or do you tend to try to stick to kind of mountainous environments, or do you, you, how do you, how do you work that? Uh, it's not just it's it's always an iconic location around the world. That's what we really want to highlight. Hey. Um, but the terrain really you know varies a lot. So, for example, in Croatia, you know the one that started it all, we have a rocky terrain at the beginning, really hard to to walk on for two days on it. Because if you're not used to the terrain, then it really, really, you know, takes a toll to your body and your feet. Uh, but then we have, you know, Lake District, which is soft. And we really enjoyed this when we were there and, you know, doing the demo event. Because yep. it's completely different, you know. So, yep. yeah, it, it's, it varies quite a lot, I would say. And in terms of the logistics of doing it, so you obviously you turn up on the... Yeah, descri- I'd get you to describe that to me. How does it work in terms of things like uh, where do you turn up at a day and there's like you guys are there waiting to give a brief and then everyone goes? Is that right? So basically, uh, when you register for the event, that's when my preparation and my parts with the participants start. Uh, because me doing communications, we figured out that we really have to start preparing participants really early on because most of them being, you know, beginner hikers, they really don't see what the big deal is in, you know, hiking for 50 kilometers in three days. So we really, really see everything from, you know, uh, overpacked backpacks to, you know, basically flip-flops, but not really, but, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. (laughs) So... We've really seen quite a lot during, you know, these years that we've organized event, And I start to prepare all the participants. We are doing webinars for them, you know, whether it's through Zoom or through Instagram Live. Uh, I'm sending newsletters to prepare them for the event, you know, and make sure that they're really, really doing the preparations and they're coming to the event really, really prepared. And then when that's finished, uh, they come to the you know, the start points of the event where they get their Highlander kit, which we provide, you know, maps. We are really taking care of their safety on the mountain. And we always have like mountain rescue services, always on call because, you know, safety is our number one priority. Uh, We take care of the food, entire food for all the participants, which they get at the start. And then at certain checkpoints, you know, and sometimes it's the cooked meals. We always like to introduce like local cuisine. So it's always like some kind of soups or some kind of goulash or something, you know, just to keep them warm because I know that when they hike for three days, that bowl of soup is like the best thing that ever happened to them. So, uh, and also we take care of water, you know, so we, we are really, really taking care of that logistics. So in terms of the cooking then, do they actually not need to cook at all? Is there, do they turn up to camps or can they camp where they want? How does that bit work? So basically, uh, they do need to cook. 
uh, for themselves. We uh, always have some kind of ready to cook meals for them, you know, because it's ju it's just convenient and easy for them to just pour water in and then they're done with it. Uh, and in, in terms of sleeping, they sleep at the checkpoints. Most, you know, what that's what we like uh, because of, you know, again, safety and regulation. You can, yeah, check that they've actually arrived. Yeah. Okay. And the checkpoints are then, so they tend to be sort of more communal points then in the evenings where everybody arrives to can talk about the day, plan the next day, um, you know, choose some walking partners for that following day and then the, everyone's kind of moving together essentially. Basically, yeah. They, um, they start together and then they form groups, which I've, I've seen quite a lot. They really, really form groups based on their pace. And then you see, you know, friendships coming together and really, you know, people coming together to checkpoint and then they join the, the festival activities, then they go to bed and then they, they continue on. We don't have a time where they need to be at a certain checkpoint. We do have like working hours of each checkpoint just to make sure that they're keeping up with the pace, but it's not like you need to come you know, until 10 p.m. And if you're not there, you're, you know. That's really interesting. So as you go, go go back to the start, you kind of said, you know, they're kind of festivals. They are walking festivals, essentially. Um, so the walking aside, I'll get to that in a minute. What actually then goes on in the evenings? Do you kind of, is there live music at the checkpoints or what? Yeah, what's the itinerary for an evening once you've arrived? I like to say that, you know, once they arrive at the checkpoint, the tough part of their day, which was all day hiking, you know, and navigating through the wilderness and, you know, they really have a lot of stories, you know, they, you know, encounter about animals, you know, they have some mishaps on the trails. So then they come to the checkpoint and they, you know, relax and we have for them very versatile program, but it's all based on yoga classes. It's based on live music, uh, educational, you know, presentations and workshops. We are really trying to not only entertain them, but also educate them for, you know, the future when they're in the, you know, forest or on the mountain, in the woods alone. So they have, you know, some kind of skills that they take on, you know, further on. That's interesting then. So with, with sort of that um, educational program that you put on alongside the entertainment, do you find then that the type of walker that attends your event is somebody who is slightly less experienced? and Or do you find that you've had really, really experienced walkers who've done lots of non-Highlander trails during the event? We basically really have a, a variety of people. So it's it's, you know, from stay-at-home moms to, like, businessmen and IT to hardcore hikers. Of course, those hikers, um, since I think they really know how to navigate in, in the wilderness on their own, and they don't need that safety blanket as much as, you know, you know, mountain rescue service on duty and everything. That's why I think they come in... Uh, you know, lesser, you know, quantity to the event. But 
we we have them also. We we do we don't have that one. And do you have um, a back marker on the event as well? So somebody who walks really, really slowly at the slowest pace and then kind of scoops up everybody who isn't walking at that pace? Uh, yeah, for, for a Lake District, we will have those people. And in the USA, we have a sweeper. Uh, but for example, for, uh, you know, our creation event uh, on Velibit, we don't have a, a sweeper, but we do have... Uh, our medical team uh, on the trails and they're usually you know those ones who are the slowest just so they can really help those if they're stuck on the trail with some kind of injury or they need okay so the event obviously here that's going to be of most interest to people listening is going to be the lake district one um i'll go into that in a bit um but Tell me a little bit about some of the other events that you do around the world. And also, what was the first one that Highlander did as well? First one uh, was, it was so long ago, it was 2017. Oh, I was testing you. <laughs> it's all right, you don't know it. <laughs> That's fine. No, um, it, so. I, no, no, I, I was there. So, uh, oh, okay. It was 2017 uh, and it was on Velvet uh, in Croatia. That was the first one that we did. And then... Uh, I think a couple of years uh, later, we introduced, you know, uh, four more countries, which was Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, that was Greece, uh, Austria and Serbia. And then from then on, we, you know, expanded into Montenegro. We have Spain now, Italy, Dolomites, which I think would be, you know, really a place to be. Because oh, yeah. I received yeah. a lot of interest, you know, for that one specifically. We've expanded last year uh, into USA, which was a big win for us because it, it's the biggest, you know, long distance hiking market or backpacking as they, as they call it. Uh, and then this year we've actually introduced uh, three more, you know, locations in USA. So we have four in total. Um, also, you know, it's, it's neighboring countries. Slovenia has two events, one of Julian Alps, another one coming Slovenia Alps. We have North Macedonia. We have also United Arab Emirates, Basel Cairo. So yeah, it's it's expanded That's massive. like crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's yeah, it's I mean, 20 what... countries. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, if you consider how much it goes on with each of the events, um, as well that's a huge amount of work i mean how many participants would you typically have on average at an event uh, it depends on the market and which format they go for but roughly we like to keep it around that sweet spot of like three to five hundred you know per event in total because we've done uh We've really, really uh, tested it on on Bellabit, and it it's so much nicer and more enjoyable for for everyone when there's less people on the trail because you know that when you go in the mountain, the last place you want to see a bunch of people, you know. So we really like to keep it, you know, on on the lower numbers, but you know, keep the quality up. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's obviously a low number, but it's still a lot of people to, to manage for, you know, two to five days. 
So in terms of the work behind the scenes, then what actually goes into that? Like, do you, how big is your team? Do you have to hire people from outside to manage like that? It must be a pretty big operation to run those events. And then not just one or two, but, you know, loads. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty massive. It all started actually with myself and Igor, who is the founder. And for the first three or four years, it was just the two of us, you know, he was doing, you know, what I call the boring parts, which is, you know, the Excel sheet, the, the money, the calculations, the participant registrations and things like that. And I was always like the more creative one. So he really let me go with that. Uh, and then, you know, uh, a whole team came and now it's like 15 of us in, in the, the office working full time, you know, really all year round producing the event and preparing for the event because it takes a lot of time uh especially you know if my team so the global team is producing the events in the usa uk and croatia and rest of the the map is licensees so you know people organize their own events but it really for for all of the events that we are doing, it takes 15 people to, to do it. And yes, we do outsource. Yeah. That, yeah. So you said, sorry, people do organize their own events. So some of the overseas ones are done by external teams, like uh, franchised yeah. events. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. So um, who would franchise that then? Would it just be a, a local guiding company or um, just somebody who wants to kind of have a part of Islander? What? explain kind of how the franchise of that works because that's really interesting yeah uh actually most of our licensees uh they have experience in organizing events but you know i wouldn't say that it's exclusive to uh those who are already been in hiking or you know have some sort of connection with mountains okay that's really interesting so it's um yeah it's a, it's a relatively small business then but with a lot going on by the sounds of it and it sounds really really full on, um, and it yeah it looks amazing. I mean so let's go to the Lake District event as well. Tell me a little bit about that because that's the one that's going to be most relevant to people listening to this. Um, so I'm going to give you you know a bit of time just to sell that and uh, <laughs> just to share a bit about it. Yeah, uh, actually, it's it's not so easy for me to sell, you know, Lake District. I was there last year uh, when we uh, did the, the demo event because we wanted to check out the terrain, how it would work. And I fell in love with the lakes. It's, it's beautiful. It's really, really uh, amazing. And this year, we decided to go on full of cool event. Uh, we have two former. So Highlander Hercules, 100 kilometers in five days. And then Pegasus, 50 kilometers, three days. Uh, the event starts on 5th of July and goes on until the 9th of July. Uh, and the, the route is, I would say, pretty amazing. I haven't been through all of it. We just hiked one part of it. So I can't really, you know, put my money on that, but... Seeing what I've seen there, it's amazing. So, you know, participants will go to, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, 
English is not my first language, so I do apologize. Do not help some of these <laughs> aims. So scaffold pine, uh, west water, uh, great landale, burrowdale, uh, old water, Arab Falls waterfall. It's really, really. It, it will be amazing. It, I, I've been there, and I can I can vouch for that. Yeah, so it sounds like it takes in some of the really kind of uh, popular uh, hotspots of the Lake District and actually goes through some quite um, remote terrain, um, especially with Rosdale Head as well and from Scarfell Pike. So that sounds amazing. And <clears throat> if you don't mind me asking as well, uh, excuse me coughing there, um, how much is uh, is it to do, say, the highest tier of um, Highlander event in the Lake District? Uh, Price-wise, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryce, you know, differs, of course, from, you know, one, one, you know, event to another. It, it depends uh, really on how hard it is to organize there because some places are really more remote than others. And it okay. takes, you know, a lot, <laughs> a lot of, you know, on the ops team to really, really organize it. Uh, but, for now, uh, the registration for Highlander Hercules, which is the longest, longest route that uh, we have in the lakes, is, uh, and of course we have super early bird and early bird and you know regular. Right now, uh, I think we're on the regular price. Uh, yeah, it's three hundred seventy-nine pounds. Fair enough. Cool. Okay, that and that gets you obviously. All of the support behind the scenes um, that gets you the foods, um, gets you the evening entertainment, so that kind of small outdoor community festival feel as well. Exactly, and we also do because we figured that uh, you know what is a hiking event if you can't bring your favorite hiking buddy, you know. So we also have a registration tier that is for team registrations. So if you have four people, we actually offer three plus one registrations and they're around 1,100 pounds. So you you really do get three plus one for free. Okay, and really, really important question this. Many walkers enjoy walking with another type of friend, which has four legs and fur. Do you allow dogs on your events? Of course. And I, I I do promise that I will pet every single one of them. <laughs> Fair enough. Great. Okay. Um so that's that's super interesting. And and actually, sorry, I really should have asked this at the beginning as well. Um might have cut this out and chuck it at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> what is the origin story of Highlander? Like where did it where did it start? Can you roll right back to the beginning? Yes, uh, I can. Uh actually it started uh when Three friends were just hanging out, you know, and they were really thinking of, they were really, really, I would say, burnt out maybe. And um, they were really feeling trapped in, you know, their nine to five jobs. And they were looking for a way to kind of get close to nature and relax a bit. And... Then you know the the idea of hiker was Highlander was born and and they were really you know down with it and they went full force into it and then 
ever since then, uh, we've done everything, you know, that we could to kind of not only popularize hiking, but also, you know, be the the vessel and, and give people the opportunity all around the world. And in your opinion, as somebody who's been involved in this from the start, have you found that the popularity of hiking and actually the the, the coolness of it, because I think hiking used to not be a cool thing to do pre-pandemic in particular, and now like it is a cool thing. Like it's no longer nerdy to go hiking. It looks, you know, there's literally a, a fashion brand called Gorpcore, which is around wearing outdoor wear. Um, have you seen that popularity increase as you've been doing this? Yes. Uh, you know what? The first year we've done Highlander, uh, we had, you know, not a lot of people, you know, at the event. And also we had the biggest misfortune, I would say, ever because that exact time that we had our first Highlander, it was one of the biggest rainfalls in Croatia in like the last 50 years where some of the towels were even completely flooded that you know never flood and people were really really challenged on the mountain and we were so scared thinking like oh my lord maybe this is too hard and then we got this rainfall people were really really you know they were circling on the mountain they got lost but what we saw at the end is no one really gave up you know those people that were from the side they were like a bit unsure they really they they went home at you know the right time but those people who were like no i want to be the first ever they really you know pushed through it and we grieved with them pitch flat it was really amazing that, that sounds incredible. You must have some really interesting stories as well then from from kind of people who've done these. Have you got any of those kind of stories that you can share? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, one of my favorite stories uh, it is from a guy who came to our event uh, with a friend and they were hiking all normal. They were really prepared, you know, physically, mentally. They packed right. Everything was perfect. But then the guy's shoes broke in the middle of the hike. And then he tried to hike on, but he just couldn't. It, it, they were too far gone, you know, not even duct tape could fix them. And we know that in hiking, duct tape is the, the one to fix it all. And he actually, uh, he, he called a taxi from the checkpoint. They went to the, with the taxi to a train, with a train to uh, the nearby store where they went in and uh, the salespeople were like, what do you need? And the guy was like, take me to women's shoe. And he got a pair of women's sneakers, you know, pink and everything, and came back to the same checkpoint and then he finished it. And, you know, I agree with them uh, at the, the finish line. And now she's a part of our global team, you know, and he, he hikes all around the world with our quality team. And yeah, he's really, really the most amazing story from the event and one amazing. of my favorites. Amazing. And also, I want to know about his job as well. So you got, you, you literally have an employee who just goes around and the quality assures the trails. Yeah, he is a part of an operations team, 
op, our ops team, or as we call them ninjas, because they really are, uh, you know, managing to pull everything that they do pull. Um, yeah, he, they do, you know, preparations for the event, but also a part of his job is to go and make sure that, you know, all of our events are up to our standards, they're safe for the, you know, all the participants, and they really do, you know, present Highlander as we wished. So each of your trails gets walked for in full in advance of people coming on it, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the local teams always, you know, tend to hike through it and to really make sure, because sometimes, you know, when you just draw a map, you know, it, it's, it, it can really go sideways because you don't really know if your trail is going on the road, which we don't like because it takes you out of the experience and then that's not here. Uh, you know, it can be, you know, maybe there's a better way or more scenic route to take. So yeah, we really do encourage all, you know, our licensees and we do it for our as well to always check the route beforehand. Okay, really interesting. Um, so there's one event um, that's kind of similar, and I'm wondering wh- whether there's going to be people here who've probably done which is the Felraven Classic. Yeah. Are they a very similar vibe to the Felraven Classic, or, wh- or where's the difference between the two? Uh, in, yeah, I've I've heard uh, people, you know, comparing Highlander with the Felraven, uh, and I would say that. It is similar in a way that we both organize a hiking event and, you know, there's a community that comes around it. But I would say, I mean, I, I have never participated in the an event, so I can guarantee for sure. Well, you, yeah, you wouldn't have, would you? Because you, you were for Highland yeah. for a sec. I, mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I think I would be fired. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, uh, what we uh, do really focus on is that, you know, that 50% of our event happens at night, actually. And, you know, you get to sleep in a billion star hotel. You get that amazing festival, uh, you know, program with us. But most importantly, we really, really focus on preparing you for the event, which I I don't think that many companies really do when they organize any type of event we really do focus on you coming fully prepared to the event but also leaving you know with some kind of base knowledge so you can go and get out there on your own that sounds that sounds really good and i guess if you have properly prepared um participants you have less problems on the day as well so it kind of makes sense to have people who are fit enough with the right gear and the right understanding and knowledge to be able to do those for your sake as well. Yeah, but it's also, you know, uh, it's more enjoyable for them if, you know, they don't have 50 kilos of nuts and, and, and protein bars here in their, you know, backpack because you really don't need that much for five days. And that's a, a real, you know, example that we had on our event. A guy came with, like, huge bags of virtually no walnuts and and other types of nuts and and five loaves of bread and we he brought so much food that you know at the start we were like please don't take it all with you on the trail 
And we did manage to convince him to leave a part of it. And then he came to the second checkpoint and he was like, please, can you take this as well? Because I really don't need it. And we were like, okay, we had, you know, a, a real life example of, you know, what not to do on the trail. And we actually used him and his pictures with the huge bag uh, in our newsletters to prepare art for this event. You really don't need to be like that guy. I think it's such a common um, mistake when people first start out, though, to kind of go way overboard. Um, I hear it time and time again on this with people who they kind of talk about their first experiences on this podcast and they just bring all sorts of stuff. Like I've had, um, you know, people talk to me saying, you know, when a guy who started out on the coast path, he had his guitar on the back and a coffee maker or something like that. Uh, and, it, and his um, a, a, a plush, uh, cuddly toy or something. And I was like, and then those got mailed back home quite quickly and a spare pair of shoes as well. And it's just crazy. I mean, I've done that before as well. You know, just bought way too much, too much water, too much food. But I guess that preparation really does help people to kind of slim that down as best as they yeah. can to make it more comfortable. Exactly. Because I think that the two biggest fears that I've seen on our events is uh, I'm going to be hungry and they bring way too much food. And then I'm going to be cold. And then they bring, you know, clothes for like 10 days. But it's really not yeah. necessary. But you just, the thing is with, with hiking as well, like you don't generally, you can't, obviously you can't get cold. But when you're doing backpacking, you don't get as cold as you think. And actually the coldest point you're going to get is the evening. And that's when you throw a sleeping bag around yourself and you're kind of good for the evening. Yeah, it's, um, it's, trial and error for a lot of people but um i expect that if they're well prepared then you know this is a really good starting point for, for hikers as well so ariana i just want to go into your background as well so and um, by the time this episode goes live the whole podcast would have been rebranded to the humans off the trail podcast and being human and somebody who uh, works essentially with a trail organization i think it would be unfair to not give the opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself um so Obviously, I want to know, like, your story, your origin story around the outdoors and then kind of what led you into finding hike, a Highlander, sorry, um, and, and beyond. So can you start with kind of your origin story of the outdoors? Ever since I can remember, I am with spending more time with my grandparents at the countryside than I was, you know, at home with my parents. And then... Uh, you know, living at the countryside and having the influence of, you know, and always being surrounded by older people, virtually much, much older people. Um, I was really grew up, I grew up with, you know, a sense of, I didn't watch television, you know, in the morning or, you know, with my lunch or evening, actually. Uh, I spent my days, you know, running around the forest rolling in the grass all day you know we had a nearby farm that had like all the all the animals the cows the pigs everything we'd spend our days playing around there you know with the hay and um at night actually i didn't watch television because i didn't need to because you know there was a a, a friend of my grandparents that was always there with us uh, at the house and she was always uh, I remember telling you know to me all the stories about nature and she was 
really teaching me about the constellations and oh you can see this star and this is the constellation that you see and she really really taught me you know to play with clay and we would make all these you know different bases and my grandma still has you know I don't know how they stood the test of time and what you know she did to keep them that way but they're still there you know and and I, I was really brought up with the with nature surrounded with the outdoors and the forest which is still my favorite place to go and whenever I feel really really overwhelmed because I do suffer from anxiety and, and panic attacks and and I get so overwhelmed just by being in the city and working in the office and being in front of a computer which I love of course that's my job but you know I really crave that nature and I always say for myself even before I you know became a part of Highlander and Igor actually found me um I was always the one that was so into forest bathing, you know, I, I was, you know, just go into nature and just let me be there and listen to the birds and then, you know, just the rustling of the trees and, and the, the leaves and I'll be fine, you know. And then uh, I was working uh, while I was studying in college, actually, uh, and we were organizing uh, an event, which was extreme sport related you know bmx and skate and you know in line and he actually met me there and he was like oh i love what you do and how you do it i have this idea so do you want to be a part of it because i really think that you can communicate this really well and then you know he greatly influenced me growing up because I started working on Highlander when I was 19 years old. Wow. That's almost 10 years ago. I'm 28 yeah. now. Mm. Uh, lady never tells, but I do tell. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, ever since I met him, uh, he actually brought me into hiking. And my first hike was with him. And I hated you know, him for pushing me because I couldn't breathe. And, you know, but then we came to this huge, huge boulder and I saw the view. And then, you know, we organized the first Highlander and then I never wanted it to stop, honestly. Well, so it's really interesting. So you, you found, definitely we found nature and and the enjoyment of being outside with through, through childhood, which is such a common kind of theme for, for most people. Um, but you didn't actually find hiking until you found Highlander. So that was your exactly. kind of introduction to it. So outside okay. of the events, is there anything, any kind of, have you taken that on yourself and gone and done any trails in particular, or do you just tend to stick to doing Highlander trails like you can? No, I, I, whenever I do have time, I, I like to hike, but it's mostly, you know, because of the nature of my job and being, you know, the global head of communications, I always, unfortunately, have to be online. So, uh, you know, my luxury is day hikes, uh, and and I, whenever I have time, I I tend to do that. But it's always somewhere close to town because, you know, again, then I have to go back to reality. 
And where you live at the moment, do you find there's a fairly good network of trails as well that you can use? Actually, yeah. Uh, right now I'm stationed in Zagreb because our office is here. Uh, and we do have a mountain that is almost towering over Zagreb. And we do organize Highlander, you know, on it as well. So uh, I've, I've been a couple of times outside of Highlander there. And it's it's stunning. We've, we've organized, uh, it's Highlander Medvednica. And uh, we have organized it first time last year. And it was the most amazing event, the, the most beautiful event that I've seen we've, we have organized just because it was happening on the outskirts of the capital city. So you're close, but still you're in like a little bubble and it's, it's, it's like a, a complete separate world. And it happened during my favorite season, which is autumn. And, you know, I, I, I will never get the picture of coming to the tech point. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's in a forest and that was a sunset and it was, you know, the sun was coming through the, the, the trees and people were setting up their tents and setting up for the evening, you know, and we had yoga class there. And I was thinking to myself, I had to take a moment and just step back and enjoy it because it was so, so, so wonderful. It's really important to be able to do that. And you, you mentioned as well that uh, you mentioned forest bathing in both your notes and, and a little while back. Yeah. Um, now, tell me, forest bathing, is a, I, I don't know if it's a relatively new thing, but it's sort of something people see in, uh, particularly here in like some of our newspapers, there might be an article about forest bathing. Um, what is it exactly? Because that, for me, I know myself what it is. It offers me a, a, a way to sort of essentially just to, enjoy a moment and be present it's a kind of form of mindfulness isn't it while doing yeah. it in a kind of forested environment um what is it to you forest bathing is it something that you manage to get out and do quite a lot whenever i can i love to do it uh, honestly it's and um, as a as an individual who really always has to be connected to the digital world uh i always uh, like to take a step back go to the forest and just really let it consume me entirely. And I, for me, forest bathing, of course it is, you know, we all know what forest bathing is, but for me, it's really, you know, taking step back and allowing nature to kind of fully take over me and just enjoy the sound the the you know visuals that i see and and really take nature in and let it heal me because i've never found anything that can heal me as quickly and as efficiently as nature you know that forest is really you know gold for me i'd agree with that so much i mean for me i find um forest bathing um, or for anybody who's kind of listening to this thing, you're just going for a walk in the woods, you know, walking in the woods, just being in nature, um, but particularly being in wooded and, or forested environments, so refreshing because there's something about the, the purity of the air when you go into a forest and the, 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 the shade from the sun, but you still get the benefits of the sun as well, coming, poking through the, the shade. But then there's that sort of ASMR um, of all the sounds that are kind of around everywhere and that kind of sensory overload 
while it's simultaneously really relaxing as well. So just to kind of find a clearing that you can sit down or lie down in the forest and just soak it all in is a really healing thing. Um, I have a forest or well, say a forest, a woodland around the corner from where I work. And in the summer, you know, if there's a busy day or even in the winter when there's a busy day and you just need to kind of switch off for half hour, just walk through that and just stand, close your eyes and listen. You suddenly find that all of that stress and annoyance is kind of drained out of you. It's a really powerful thing. So um, that's my little forest bathing uh, kind of upsell out the way there. So anything else you wanted to add about Highlander um, or about yourself at this point or are we? Yeah, I, I yeah? would just, you know, invite everyone to, to join us uh, in predominantly Lake District this July. But if not, we have so many events and... I really, really feel like everyone can find something for themselves to take from Highlander events, whether it's a peace of mind, whether it's, you know, a lot of participants have told me, you know, I was really struggling with making this decision, but then I came onto your trail. I was hiking for freaking five days. I was crying. I was laughing. I was so down. I wanted to give up. And then when I came to the finish, everything was so clear and I made my decision. So if you need to make a decision, you know, or whatever, or just enjoy nature, I, I really, really highly recommend Highlander. Uh, and if you want to know more, you can, you know, follow us on, on social or, or, you know, on our website or just reach out to me and, and I'm happy to help. Fantastic. And the website being highlanderadventure.com um with with everything on there fantastic well it's been really really nice to have you on the podcast today ariana it's uh, been a real pleasure to get to know you uh, and to learn a bit more about uh, islander um i don't know whether you want to plug your own socials or anything on this um it's entirely up to you whether you want to or not you're more than welcome to of course yeah i mean uh, for anyone that then found me in interesting i don't think there are many if any <laughs> uh yeah you'll be surprised Yes, you can add me on Instagram and uh, slid into my DMs with all the questions. Hiking, it's Ariana V E O C I C, uh, all together. And um, yeah, fantastic. All right, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.